everybody, welcome to this edition of the GMB Show. In today's episode, I had the privilege of speaking with Mark Smith. Mark is the owner and the founder of Asylum Fitness. His main thing is really getting people back to the outdoors, not just working out, lifting weights and things like that, but really looking at moving outside and having fun and playing. This play mentality is something I really, really enjoyed talking to him about. And we cover a lot of different things in this interview. Something that I was really happy about is that Mark is also an Eagle Scout. For those of you who don't know, I'm an Eagle Scout. So it was really cool to hear what he had to say about always being prepared. And this is really, you know, he likes to say it's the ability to do. You know, whether you just want to be able to move your body better, you know, have better awareness, enjoy life, and be a better person. We also talk about what it means to be a better person to him. And he shares some insights into how he plays with his kids, discuss things like shoes, about being overly protective, about wrestling, roughhousing. As well, we talk about working with adults and how he's trying to get people to go back and use this mentality of being able to play and think like a kid. Talks about a couple of the games that he likes to use for education and how some of his kids' classes, he has the kids make up games. It's pretty interesting. In this interview, there's a lot of different stuff that we talk about. And I think that really the main thing, the main thing to get out of this interview is to get outside a bit more and work on preparing our body so that we can enjoy life more and focus on the concept of play. Just kind of stepping away from the desk, step away from your computer. Take some time to be outdoors with your family, with your loved ones, and enjoy. Let's go ahead and get into the interview with Mark Smith. So, Mark, thanks for being on the show today. Uh, let's go ahead and just get right into it, man. I, I want to hear a little bit about, about your background. So, you know, where you come from, what, what are you doing, you know, kind of what led you to what you're doing today? Thanks for having me, Ryan, and thanks to uh, AwakenAlive.net for arranging this between us. Um, I've been a big fan for a while. So what led me to where I'm at today? I was your typical, I'll give you the bridge version since we're 30 minutes today. Sometimes this story takes 30 minutes, but I was your typical gym monkey, your gym rat, in all the time, lifting lifting, trying to get swole, trying to go hard and heavy as much as I could, and um I, I'd even sort of more or less grown up in the gym. My parents managed one when I was in high school, and one of my first jobs was actually working the front desk and, um, you know, basically anything that was asked of me, cleaning cleaning bathrooms to helping members out, to showing people around, to selling new memberships and everything in between that. So um, I kind of more or less cut my teeth in the gym atmosphere, and um, my motivation – um, by my early 20s, late college and kind of going into early adulthood was to be the guy in the gym that went harder, longer than anybody else. And I mean, it, it just fed my ego to have like workout partners that couldn't keep up and I got to get another guy in here. Um, you know, if I, I was hanging out there, it'd be two and a half, three hours of productive, hard exertion. 
So about 23, I um, I was working at Gold's Gym. I, I had been a manager for a while in sales of personal training, and then I'd stepped down to personal training uh, because I, I knew I wanted to be in personal training uh, and work with the people. And then uh, I was about 23, and I just remember every day getting out of bed. It'd take me 30, 40 minutes just to not hurt. And it just kept going on. And I, one day I, I got out of bed and I just said, this is not right. I started doing a little bit more um, unconventional, functional stuff, a little bit more body weight stuff at that point. started to make some changes on my own. And I think it was about a year later, maybe even a few years later, I, uh, I was at a seminar and I heard Gray Cook talk about the FMS and um, mobility. And that's, I think, was like... It was like whistles at a carnival going off in my head. It was like, oh, I need to do something different. And so that kind of set me down this this rabbit hole that ultimately led me through like a pursuit of better mobility. I mean, at the time, listen, five years ago, I couldn't sit Indian style. I couldn't do a, a, a resting human squat. I couldn't touch my toes. My overhead mobility was about where my, you know, between my eyes and my ears um, if I'm reaching straight overhead, it wasn't, you know, I didn't have 180 degrees overhead. I was just a, a poor specimen of movement, but I was, I was fairly strong. I would argue that I'm stronger now, actually, but I, I was very strong back then. So that, that, I did have that credential. It was just more like, more or less barbell strength, you know? I mean, I could, I could help somebody move, but I would hurt afterwards. Now I can help somebody move for six, seven hours and it doesn't bother me. The next day, I mean, I can get back to what I need to do, be doing. So anyway, I'm, I'm down this rabbit hole. Uh, I've been down this rabbit hole for the last four years or so, um, fervently, just seeking out how to move better. I've sought education from, uh, like I said, I mentioned Gray Cook. Um, I did some of the MoveNat stuff with, um, not with Owen LaCour, but un under his umbrella. I went to Ireland two years ago to, uh, to study with Ido Portal. And also, uh, we had Daniel Spencer um, of GMB come out two, um, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago to teach a handstand shop, and that was really fun. Uh, so just whatever I can get my hands on um, right now in the, in the world of movement and, and try to move better. Um, and then, of course, I've been able to develop my own approach uh, through that. We'll, we'll get to that here in a little bit. Yeah, man. So, you know, you're a busy guy. You, you contribute a lot. Uh, write a lot of articles. Uh, we have a lot of mutual friends. You know, uh, you're a contributor to On It quite a bit, which is really cool. So, you know, coming coming back a little bit and looking a little bit deeper into your background. I know you're an Eagle Scout. Um, you know, I am as well. And you know, being a Boy Scout and and going through this, the big thing was always be prepared kind of going into this and, and how does this relate to movement and how does this relate to what we're doing? Well, really, it's similar to, I think, what you were just talking about in that we might think that we're prepared for something, but when we actually try and move beyond it, we realize maybe we aren't. And so, you know, you being into your movement practice and, and moving more towards that, I'm interested to hear really like right now and how you share this you know, with your clients in terms of what they need and how can they be prepared for what they want to do. Because looking through your material, I notice you do a lot of that. You do a lot of work outside. Uh, it's not, you know, within a gym. I mean, I know you train people inside of a gym, but mostly uh, you're looking at 
a lot of things, taking things outside, looking at being outdoors, looking at moving beyond just simply, let's just say, conventional type of strength training you're doing. So interested to hear a little bit more about that and how your approach can help people to become better prepared for the things that they really want to do in their life. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's funny that we picked this topic um, last, not this past Sunday, but so 10 days ago, I was competing at my second Highland Games event. Uh, I kind of got the Highland bug, man. It's it's a lot of fun. I'm, I'm tiny for the sport, but um, it is fun. It was near where I grew up, my hometown, so my scoutmaster, who we're still very close to, he came out there and we ended up having this conversation about how be prepared is is it's not just a scout thing. It is a, a absolute life philosophy. I think you're spot on. Like one thing I've realized with with fitness, and I, I define fitness as the ability to do. I just leave it at that. The ability to do, do nice. whatever you want. I like that. Yeah. Thank you. It's a. I think it's a pretty simple definition, and it doesn't overcomplicate it, and gives you some freedom. Um. So. The ability to do, it's like I said, you know, uh, earlier, there was a time period where I was strong, but to, to move somebody, I was achy um, for days afterwards. Um, and really, as I've grown and progressed in my own philosophy, I have reintegrated this love and passion for the outdoors, and I try to get that with my students. Um, the importance of being outside. You, you don't have to be a Bear grills or you know, some living off the grid kind of guy, but people are just inside way too much these days, Ryan. And it's, I think it's a, I think it's a disease that we're not addressing. Uh, I really do think it's a, it's a sickness and I think it's a condition that human, humans need to be outside. And so I try to stress that in my teaching, but also prepare people for that. So what do we, what do we do outside? Um, what, what are ways you can enjoy the great outdoors more? I just wrote an article um, a few weeks ago for Civil Wolf Nutrition called "You Know Five Ways Every Everyday Guy Can Enjoy or the Everyday Person Can Enjoy the, the Outdoors a Little Bit More." And part of that, well, number one, was it, being physically able. Um, you're much more enjoyable on a hike if you've got a certain level of physical conditioning. Um, even something simple like you might be at a company picnic and a, a pickup game of volleyball might come up. You know, and if you're in just a little bit of shape and not your, you know, average slob, you can have a good time. And then other things is, is stuff like awareness, you know, that there are inherent dangers, not just in, not just outside, but really everyday life. And even driving your car, you need to pay attention better. But, um, you know, things to look out for, you know, your basic hazards. Hey, this is poison ivy, guys. It's, I'm amazed at how many people. I've got poison ivy grows behind my studio. I pointed out to my people. I don't, I don't worry about cutting it down. Just don't, don't get in it. There it is. That's what it looks like. It's easier to teach people than to protect people, I think. You know, when I say, you know, when you come to Silent Fitness, like, I want you to be a better person. Like, I want you to do better at your job. Like, I want you to be prepared for stuff. I want you to show up on time. I want you to come in with a mindset that you're ready to work. You know, these sort of things. It's, again, it's a, a complete mindset for every aspect of life there's there's not one part of life where being more prepared than you previously were is a disadvantage coming back to some of the things that you're just talking about you know being you know physically able looking at your background from this gym background and having the attitude you know i've got to push harder i've got to do more in the gym 
And now, to me, it sounds very similar to what we're trying to do, and that's simply to be able to do the other things in our life that we want to do, you know. And so being prepared for those other things, I think this is, you know, what drew me to want to talk with you. And I just think that I totally agree. You know, I do totally agree that people, we need to be outside more. Thing is, it's like anything, you know, nowadays we've moved away from being comfortable in the outdoors and we're so far away from it. A lot of us don't know what to do once we get outside. And so, uh, you know, little things that you're just saying, you know, just awareness, you know, awareness and, and trying to simply understand what's going on around us so that we can enjoy and that we can be better. Now, this is something, too, that I, I would like to ask you here. It's the topic of being better. So in terms of I'm not talking about just physical abilities or things like that, but what does being a better person mean to you? Well, uh, it's, it's funny. I've got, uh, I got an article coming up and actually, um, it's going to cover, cover this topic. But, um, I think one of the biggest things in this, I, I don't know if it's a generational thing, if it's a societal thing, but I found that, um, communication lately has just, it's deplorable. Um, trying to get a hold of people, and have a, a timely response, and and you got the people that are like, oh, I'm just bad at texting. I'm I'm, I'm not good at emails. Like, that's that's crap, man. Like it really is. Like your phone's on you all the time. Like I know you saw my text, and I asked you a direct question. Like that's a big peeve of mine because I try to answer everybody back, at, you know, as soon as I can, and it irks me when people cannot respond to uh, any form of communication or a phone call. Um, I think that's a really big one. Just that simple courtesy of answering somebody when they ask you a question or answering somebody when they, even if they just say, hey, like, talk to people. It's, we, we don't even talk face to face anymore. So now we're not talking even through our electronic devices. So people, they cannot communicate anymore. Uh, I think if you can work on that, you're already a huge, huge step in the right direction to being a better person. I completely agree. I, I have two kids. Uh, you have children, right? You know, and so mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's one of those things about being a dad. It's and especially recently. You know, my kids they're allowed to you know be on um, not games, but they have an iPad and they get a certain amount of time each day. And it's like that's okay, but there's a big thing because I do live in Japan, and that is making sure that you always greet a person. You always got to greet the person. You always have to look them in the eye when you're talking and say thank you and please and, and whatnot. And unfortunately, I find it doesn't matter where in the world you are. Nowadays, a lot of kids don't know how to communicate. And, yeah. and it's sad. And you just – it's it's a, a good lot, point. Adults you bring don't up. know how to communicate now. Exactly, I, right. I think at one point they did. Yes. I, I, I think that – I think 10 years ago, a lot of adults that have trouble with it now – could communicate because they had to, and now they don't have to because of the technology. I, I think that they opt not to. It, eye contact's uncomfortable I, I, for a lot of people. So, uh, but I, I like and respect that you're doing that with your kids. I'm definitely doing the same thing with mine. Although they're you know three, it's like if you can three and one. If you can get a one to not bite you and one to give you a high five, you're doing pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Since we're talking about kids, let's kind of uh, change the topic slightly. And I'm interested to hear how you, you know, I don't want to say exercise because actually I don't exercise with my kids. I play. 
That's all it is. Um, you know, a lot of people will ask me just recently, uh, you know, as in Hong Kong and people were like, wow, it must be really cool, you know, to have you as a father because you can train your kids. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, I've never trained my kids. All we do is play. I'm interested to hear how you go about uh, enjoying your time with the kids, being outdoors with them. What are some things really that maybe you need to be more aware of when you're outside with your kids compared to, you know, being indoors or whatnot? You have really small children, birds of prey. A hawk will scoop a kid up. Mm. So that that is definitely uh, an issue. It actually is a real thing. Um, luckily, my two kids were chunks, so I didn't have to worry about it. Um, <laughs> this is actually my favorite question uh, that you sent me in the uh, in the email before this, looking over some some questions to think about and some topics was um, life with kids. Uh, being a dad to me is so important, and I'm so blessed with my schedule that I'm pretty much a stay at home dad. Like, four or five days a week and then I go to work in the evening and, you know, teach some classes or I'll go you know, early enough in the morning. Uh, so I get a lot of time with them. Uh, I take them outside as much as possible. We go on a lot of hikes. We've got a couple of really nice state parks and some trails nearby. And uh, one of the things that I think is very important, one, I tr- first, let me just go ahead and say this, Ryan, that if you can keep your kids barefoot as much as possible, that's important. Don't put your kids in shoes early on. You will create long-term problems, and it's not worth fighting in the end. Um, I've got people with so many foot problems that come see me. First thing, for number one rule when you get to my studio is your shoes got to come off. Um, so I, I don't want to deal with these issues in an adult if we can address it as a kid. So I'll say that, and then now I'll move on. Um, one of the things that I, I see – too much and I, you know I don't want to be I, I certainly don't want to step on anybody's toes as a parent because everybody parents differently but I if I can get somebody to scratch their head a little bit and maybe think hey that's that's not a bad idea then I, I think I'm doing well uh, is they we try to safeguard our kids too much in the outdoors um, they're going to fall down they're going to trip they're going to get scraped they're going to poke themselves with sticks they're going to step on stuff you know, we got pine cones everywhere in Wilmington, North Carolina. Everywhere. I cut my foot on a pine cone like once a day. Uh, and once in a while, my kid will, will just clip clip one and, I mean, it'll, it'll cut his foot pretty good. Um, but guess what? He learns to avoid the pine cones. I mean, that's a simple example. Um, and when I go on hikes, my kid can be 200 yards behind me and he'll just sit down on a trail and I'll just stop where I'm at. I won't go back and get him. I won't necessarily call them towards me unless I've got to you know, be getting back to work or something like that. But I'll uh, I let him do what he's going to do. I don't even know what he's going to do. A lot of times he just sits down and he'll play in the sand or he'll start building some sticks or something. The other one's usually on my back. Uh, I just let him be. And I think that that's the hardest thing for a parent to do in the outside is to just let them be. Like, let them touch stuff. Let them see stuff. Let them experience stuff. Let them taste stuff and, and let them experience the natural world through their eyes because it the second we try to interfere, we're no it's no longer through their eyes. And they're seeing stuff and experiencing stuff on an t- entirely different level than we are. Um, and we can't comprehend what they're what they're experiencing. Um, and another thing is really educate them. You know, we you know point out this animal and that plant and it, people should know the natural world. It's I, I, I got picked on in high school called me Nature Boy because we could go outside with, with a class and I could tell you every leaf, 
every bug that crawled by, any small mammal. It was it was kind of funny, uh, but I I earned it. You know, I spent a lot of time outside as a kid, and I earned it. Um, and another thing, you touched on it already, but um, it's play. It, it's not. I don't work my kids out. I'm never going to work my kids out. When they're a high school athlete, I might give them a, a, a program if they're involved in a sport that needs a program. Um, just the other day, I actually had to correct somebody or, or you know redirect them on Facebook that uh, I have some rings in my studio, and my son was hanging on them and swinging, and I filmed it and posted it. And the person goes, oh, look look at Ronan working out. And I said, he's not working out. But he's just doing it because it's there. Like He doesn't think of it as working out or exercise. He just does it because it's there. Like He thinks, oh, look, I can hang on this and swing. And same with the stall bars. He, when, he, uh, when he climbs up the stall bars and hangs from the top, he just does it because it's there. So, um, yeah, it's, it, let him play. Let him have freedom. Uh, to do it, let them wrestle. I, I got my two boys; they wrestle all the time. Let them do that. That's important. Huge part of uh, learning in uh, uh, most species is, is roughhousing, and uh, we try to just absolutely squelch it as as uh, as parents. Yeah, it's such you know, I complete agreement with you on everything you were saying. You know, with the shoes, with the kids, especially with me being over here in Japan, nobody wears shoes. You know, once you're inside and whatnot and my kids are always got their shoes off outside too um the point you brought up about being you know overly protective i i, I see this so much um and it doesn't matter you know where you are go to a playground and the parent saying oh no 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 don't do that you know you're going to hurt yourself well probably not and even if they do they learn you know i, I love it when i was growing up you know, the big wheels. You remember big wheels? You know, those uh, yeah, green machine or whatever, man. We used to just... down the steep driveway. Yeah, and right. Through about a four-foot opening yeah. and a brick wall that jumped a brick patio and then landed in the backyard. It terrified my mom to death. And it was like it was like evil Knievel type stuff. Yeah. I don't even know how I made that gap. It, it just fit the handles. I mean, just <laughs> by like an inch on each side. And I would hit that thing full speed from the top of the driveway. But that was fun, uh, though. I mean, that's how we used to yeah. play, right? And I remember climbing awesome. trees and, you know, jumping out of trees and doing stuff. And, I mean, yep. it's let kids play. And, you know, that's the big thing, too. And you bring up the rough housing and the wrestling. And, you know, I do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And my, and my son. Congratulations I, on your blue belt, by the way. Yeah, thank you very much, man. I got, I got mine in, like, 2007. Cool. Like that, All right. Yeah. And it's – you know, but it's like my son jumps in on the class and it's, we don't do techniques. We just play. I mean, it's, it's, that's all it is. And so just, I, I'd like to see more people, you know, doing that. And this, you know, so great to hear you, um, you know, ex- telling us and explaining how you do with that. So let's move now into the adults. And so what, what, what is, or let me rephrase that. How do you work with adults? It's obviously very different than kids, but if you could give us kind of a rundown of maybe, I don't want to say a typical class because I have a feeling that your classes aren't very typical. And, you know, so what can we expect if we go and want to train with you? I, my goal, okay, when somebody comes to me, my goal is to get them back to a, a physical capacity and a playful mentality like they had when they were a child. So actually, I'm going to go backwards. I want them to then work like they are a kid. Um, that's 
a little bit easier said than done. It actually does make it it makes it kind of tough. But but Ryan, once you embrace the weird, once you get past yourself and and know it's okay to be silly as an adult, we start to have a lot of fun. We start to play a lot of games. And people start to learn a lot that they don't even know they're learning because they're just playing all of a sudden something's in a game game setting. Wow, look at all the skills I just acquired. Here's a great example. We played this game. Um, I played this last week, I think, last Tuesday uh, night in, in one of my classes, and it was foot tag. Okay? So in this class, I have a population that ranges from – 30 adult male to 61 adult male. And I've got everything in there from uh, a sometimes tricky thoracic spine to a very tricky, just getting back at it, very tricky um, lumbar spine that's, that's, you know, coming out of about a year uh, off to kind of mend it. There were some degenerative dishes type things going on there so this is the spectrum we've got right start playing this foot tag game the object is just to touch the person in front of his foot and we're playing this outside in the grass i'm just observing all of a sudden i see people diving doing barrel rolls i see people like lunging forward i see people crawling forward and backwards and then when i stop them they're all huffing and puffing breathing real hard and i said i bet you guys cannot begin to identify how many different movements you just did. But if I'd have asked you, if I'd have said, hey, do a roll, there would have been hesitation. They would have thought, they would, it would have been like in the front of their brain, like, oh, what are the steps to do in a roll? How do I break it down? How do I do the same thing? But when it was in a game and it became a little bit slightly competitive, they were just doing it because it was a natural way to get out of the way or is a natural way to advance forward. Crawling backwards and forwards was the way to evade and invade. Um, and so using games uh, to, to get people to play, kids play games all the time. Um, I, teach a kid, I teach a kid's class on Mondays at my kid's preschool. It's got three and four-year-olds and there's nine kids in the class. The class is basically structured like this. Each kid takes a turn telling me a game they want to play. They make up this game. The rules are ridiculous. And all I do is sometimes give a little bit of organization to smooth out the rules to make their an actual, actual objective. But they are actually creating a class. I want to be able to get adults to be able to do have that creative capacity. And that's the hardest part is, is to get adults to then be creative, to get that adult. When I have a client, an adult client come to me and say, Mark, I was hiking in the woods the other day, saw this tree, just started climbing it, thought of you. I was like, my job here is done. Not really done, but I, you know, we've reached a new level when you start to play. When you know, I see somebody and they're like, I was in the parking lot and I just started jumping from – Parking spot to parking spot. And I'm like, okay, you're starting to play just because it's there. That is, to me, that's the achievement of my student and me as a coach is when they, it just starts to happen and they start to do it more and more. Now, some never will do it. Some will never get out of their comfort zone enough to do it. And I have to understand that. And, you know, we might structure their stuff a little bit more conventionally, you know, like, hey, here's some sets and reps or here's a little circuit. But most of them will... Um, at least with the time with me, embrace and enjoy the play and understand it's totally different. I had a lady start with me on Monday and she's like, 
I said, well, was this like you, what you expected? And she said, well, I didn't come in with any expectations. Said, That's a Ooh, great nice. answer. That's nice. what I needed. Nice. You're way ahead of the game. Listen to what you're saying. And, and uh, the first thing that kind of pops into my head is that, well, not the first thing, but one thing that popped in is that the benefits that were, that you're after here aren't the six pack. You're not going for the six pack. You're not looking for this thing. It's it's looking at how to be able to use your body more efficiently. Of course, that's what you're after. But mainly what I'm hearing right here is mainly about exploration in order to learn more about your body so that you can have more fun with it. Am I right exactly. in saying that? Okay. I, yeah. I think that's one of the one of the more poignant summations of what I do that's been said. Cool, man. It's it's you know, it's so refreshing to hear that too. I know you know, you know a lot about what we're doing in GMB and stuff and, and that physical autonomy and, and listening to what you're doing and the way that you do things, it's it's very refreshing to hear. Um, so, you know, going a little bit deeper and, and kind of like with you, where are you going? I mean, you know, big question, big question, but what do you want to share? What are you after? That's a great question. Um. I think in terms of I think ultimately is every well anybody with ambition they want to leave a legacy. Um, I would argue if you didn't want to leave a legacy, then what what are you doing here? You know, you got to have a purpose. So, and your purpose should be to not impact the next generation, but the generation to follow. If I can, in some way, Ryan, just. I mean, I've always had this just like this playful spirit and this like joy about me. If I can just make that contagious and get these other people to just, they don't have to buy into it. I'm not wanting people to buy into it. I just want people to like know that it's okay to play. Like when my kids are on the playground, I am the only adult barefoot on the playground, on the slides with them climbing up the slide, walking across, balancing on this, doing the monkey bars. Like the whole time, like I'm out there with them, like I'm chasing them all over this playground stuff, swinging through it and moving and all this stuff. And it's it's okay to do that. Like, you, I don't know why you stop playing. What is it, George Bernard Shaw that says, um, uh, we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Yeah, and it's just a great quote. Like, and some of the coolest old grandmas I know, man, it's because they, they still dance or they still, you know, throw, throw a softball with their kids, you know, like. They just never left the playground, and they, they, it's it's always there. And I, there's so much mentally, mentally, Ryan, that is benefited, that we benefit from this, and especially with the way our society is set up. It, it, nobody wants to sit at a desk all day. That's that's gonna kill you. Like, get outside and just go play, and for the sake of playing, I, I think it's. If I can get people to stop thinking that they have to exercise, that they have to do this, and that, that it, like I still have people that have been with me for a while that still say, "Hey, I need to do my cardio and I need to do my weights," and I'm like, "No, just just do something with your body, you know, just run around and play tag. Play tag as an adult. Most most adults can't make it five minutes because they get tired. Kids can do it for an hour." Easy, easy, and it doesn't have anything to do with youth. It has to do with practice. It's because they're not doing it. That's that's what it has to do with. 
So that would be a thing. If I can, if I can get there to be some, a, a movement that just says like, I, mean, I just want to play and I want to be outside and I don't want to, I don't need, I don't need a big gym. I don't need weights. I still lift weights. Don't get me wrong. I, I definitely still at least, you know, do my deadlifts and um, the, the occasional front squat. But, uh, and I like being strong. It helps in the Highland game stuff. That's for sure. But if I can just get people to move past this mentality that we've had since about 1957 uh, and is, and get back into that childlike state, I think the world would be a better place if I probably played more too. I agree, man. It might be happier. Yeah. Well, so much good stuff that we talked about today. Leave me with something here. There's a couple of things I want to ask you. Okay, two things. First off, what is a great book that you would recommend to the GMB listeners? I got a book. I'm not reading it right now, but I'll tell you my favorite book, okay? My favorite book is a book called The Old Man and the Boy. Right? It's got nothing to do with fitness, everything to do with life. It's a book. It's written by, uh, believe it or not, a local author. Um, he was about, he located about 40 minutes south of here, which is funny because I read this book as a child and uh, I, I just, it resonated with me so much because um, the old man is, is this kid's grandpa and he's the one taking him hunting and fishing. It takes place in the early 1900s uh, in eastern North Carolina. Uh, a lot of same, like I said, a lot of the same haunts I grew up hunting and fishing and, and going outside. But the old man and the boy is, it's a relationship that you don't see today anymore, uh, where an older person is taking a youngster outdoors and giving them a, a passion and an appreciation that will last a lifetime for, for the outdoors and a love of that. And Robert Rurick, the author, um, R-U-A-R-K, Rurick, um, is just a master wordsmith, and he, he, he puts you right there. And... If anybody's ever been hunting or fishing, their dad's ever taken fishing, you're going to love it. And even not, you just need to read it because nobody's passing on that passion anymore um, to the next generation to, to love the outdoors and, and grow up, you know, taking care of the outdoors. You know, we're just developing right and left. At the end of the day, somebody's got to take care of this world. And it's going to be the people that care about being outside to take care of the world. Cool, man. That sounds really good. I'm going to check that book out. Yeah. So last question for you. Last question is, what do you want to do right now? What is the one thing? What is the one thing that really just drives you? What is the thing that keeps you going? Right a second. Um, it'd be going to bed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but um, actually, I, I, man, I've really got this Highland game bug. I do, I do. I tried it a couple weeks ago, a, a month ago, I guess. And uh, like I said, I am so small and undersized. I did find out there's a lightweight division under 200 pounds, so I'm about 180, 185. And I think with some practice, I can actually be competitive there. But it's just something about it. It's because. The weights are so heavy that I'm throwing. It's going to rely on perfect technique in order to to make it, you know, in order to be competitive. And so, like, chasing this technique and getting these spins down um, and, and, and figuring out how to, how, to, how to do the ones I'm not good at right now. 
um, is, is I, I think about it when I'm going to bed, Ryan. I think about it when I'm driving. I, I haven't, listen, having this flu bug for the last week since last Wednesday has been driving nuts because I haven't trained I, I practiced at all. Um, and I, I was like, I just want to throw a chunk of metal into the, into the ground right now. Like, I do. And I want to get better at it. So um, I, I think I want to give this a shot, you know, try real hard this next year and, and really see if I can develop this as a, a sport. I haven't competed anything since I was mid-20s. Um, I think the last thing I did competitive I don't take that back. I did do one Spartan race competitively and, and, and did very well. But um, I think I did a jiu-jitsu tournament. I was like 23. It was like the last thing I did competitive. <laughs> After high school sports, I was like, ah, yeah. I did Aaron Murals. And then I was like, whatever, I'm competing. <laughs> well, that's cool, man. I wish the best of luck for you for that. You know, we covered a lot of stuff today. And I just want to say thanks so much. You know, one of the big things, always be prepared. Always great to talk to a fellow Eagle Scout. And uh, thanks for uh, – sharing your knowledge. Looking forward to talking to you again. So thanks again, man. Ryan, thanks for having me on the show. It was an honor. And uh, like I said, I've been a big fan for a while. So when I knew we were going to talk, I, I got super excited. <laughs> Good deal, man. That's great. Hey, listen, everybody, we're going to have links where you can check out more about Mark. And so until then, get outside and play. Thanks again, Mark. Thanks for having me. Bye. For more great info, join us over at gmb.io and be sure to check us out on iTunes and YouTube.